Titus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Power Hour episode number 44. 44. Just like foe, foe, two foes to the foe. Something like that. Is that right? It's like Station 44. Station it's the Wick Clown Show. <laughs> right. With some Fago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Showing my, my, uh, my secret shame there. And who that is? I'm Rick. And then my partner over there is Danny Bennett. What's up, bro? Not much, man. Just uh, over here, some of my secret shame. But fortunately, it's a podcast, so not everybody can see my secret shame while I'm showing it. Wow, that, that that's beautiful. It's it's got a certain po- poetic nature to it. That's for sure. <laughs> so yeah, man. Welcome back to the show. This is going to be a, a fun one. This is a movie we kind of forgotten about, and just I don't know if it just came to Danny in a dream, but he said, "Hey, man, no retreat, no surrender." And no retreat, no surrender. I think this might fall into a uh, this and the eliminators and whatever else might fall into the category of so bad it's good, kind of like yeah, rose colored glasses of youth. Yeah. I don't know, but, but I mean, it's definitely fun. It has it's everything a 14 year old who's enamored with Bruce Lee and martial arts could ever want, which is exactly where I was when this came out. Actually, I was. 16. So, still, I mean, it, it was that thing where, you, you, again, you saw it on HBO nonstop. And there are images in this movie that are just forever trapped in my mind. So, it's neat to go back and check it out. But we'll see how that works out as we go along. It's got a lot of crazy stuff in it, a lot of really cheesy stuff. But hey, you know what? It's 1986. You know how we feel about going back to the 80s. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah. We're going to take a short break here in a minute. We're going to jump into the time machine and go back to 86, just like the the normal plan. Uh, Last week was, what, 85? I think last week was 86 as well. Maybe 86? Sure. We've done, like, several 85s, 86 right there in a row here, so uh, it starts blending together. So we'll just see how that turns out for us, folks. We'll be right back right after this. The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by Ancient Spirits of Evil. When you need to transform your decayed form, accept no substitute. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! Yeah! 
Alright folks, welcome back. We are just about ready. We've got the time machine sitting over here. Got it primed up full of uh, whatever the electricity source is that we need to run this thing with our yeah. new time chicken. And, uh, you know, if you, if you listened to the last episode, we were granted the time chicken we have now from going back and, uh, and fixing a dire situation back in uh, the Roman era. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's our recent chicken. Yeah, it, it's always good when the uh, the Council of Time Traveler Council and Redundancy <laughs> always comes by and uh, <laughs> and gives us a, a shout out because you know there are, there are a lot of time travelers out there and and it's good to know that you're the best. That's right. So, but as always, because it costs money to do this, we have to shout out to our sponsors real quick. And uh, I'm proud of this. I've picked up a new one this week, and uh, it's it's a really neat place. If you get a chance, you can stop by and check them out. But the place is called the the Cockpit Bar and Grill, where their logo is "We're not a gay bar." Ooh, <laughs> well, it's good to have that in there. You know, just right in the front. It's by the way. Don't yep. let the name yep. fool you. That's right. And uh, and of course, we picked up a sponsor when we were down in Texas for huge. Texas Frightmare. Huge one. Yeah, yeah, really big. Uh, Martha Parker's Coffee. Right. So, um, you know, they, they used to have Sam Jackson. Couldn't afford him anymore. So now we're uh, obligated to tell their uh, slogan in kind of a Sam Jacksonist voice, which is, how about some coffee, Martha Parker's? Hail me. <laughs> How about some coffee, Martha Parker? Parkers. <laughs> I don't know why they want us to say it like that exactly, but yeah, I don't know. know. They said it would. They said people would get it, right? And let's not forget our other sponsor. Uh, I'm happy with this one too, but it's it's Rob Doyle's Dandy Barbershop, and their slogan is, "If we can't make you look good, you're just ugly." You know, it's a dose of truth that they give out. They give out haircuts along with truth. <laughs> Everybody needs some of that. That's right. Speaking of which, the truth is it's time to jump into the time machine. So oh, let's my favorite get, part. Let's keep go. going. Here we go. Uh, when you start stocking up some more snacks in the time machine. Nah. Pushing me back against the splash seating. There you go. 1986. This is getting to start just look real familiar because we, yeah, yeah. It's we're ironic. Gonna, we're gonna run out of different music interludes <laughs> to pull into on this one. Are you kidding, man? 1986 only had like four songs, and then oh, shame on you. Oh, <laughs> and this time chicken is really well behaved. Like I just opened his cage and he just stayed there. When you feed him a package of Rolos, that just kind of happens. That was chicken eat Rolos. Oh, man. No, no, but seriously, this is a very serious podcast, and we're seriously involved in the business of bringing you information about movies that you definitely should check out, possibly should check out, and maybe should not check out. And, uh, you know, I don't want to turn people away with with some of these movies from the 80s that definitely have a place in my heart and might not have a place in your living room. So we will do what we always do, and that's tell you the best things about them. That's right. Choose for yourself whether or not to check them out. Maybe you watch it and say, oh, i got to see that one part. Right. Go ahead, man. Just just check it out. Yes. A, a greatest hits montage is really all you need in some of these cases. But, hey, we're here to talk about these movies regardless. So Hey, and speaking of watching stuff, Rick, did you watch anything this week? 
Oh, I forgot. Yeah, we're going to start a new segment, uh, and we're going to be—it's going to be called uh, "What Did You Watch This Week?" So, uh, what did I watch this week? Yeah, I didn't—I didn't get to watch anything. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't have a television. Okay, so that's it for this episode of <laughs> "What Did You Watch This Week?" Okay, that was good. <laughs> I feel like we really covered some ground. Right. We're going to have to come up with a theme song and all that stuff for that, but uh, we'll, we'll work on that. This week? What did you watch this week? <laughs> what did you watch this week? What was it? <laughs> okay, we don't need a theme song. We just got one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it doesn't get better. All right. All right. So before we go into this movie, we have to have our synopsis to tell us about it. Danny, who is this? Who did you get this week? This week, we, we managed to wrangle uh, the daughter of famed explorer and uh, television personality, Steve Irwin. Bindi Irwin is here to talk about No Retreat, No Surrender. All right, here we go. Hi there, I'm Bendy Irwin. I'm here to share with you my father, Steve Irwin's favorite movie. No Retreat, No Surrender is the story of an ill-fated mountain biking trip to the pyramid at Machu Picchu. While there, the bikers befriend a group of flying apes who help them out when one of their team members is injured and needs to get back to safety. With the star power of Skeet Ulrich, Skellen Skarsgård and John Goodman as the leader of the winged simians, this film is a fun romp. A good movie for blokes and Sheilas alike. Good day. <laughs> Skeet Ulrich. Uh, yeah. Skeet Ulrich, man. He's everywhere. He's... The poor man's Johnny Depp, but the rich man's everyone. <laughs> I don't even have anything for that. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Just do what I do and say random crap. It seems to be working so far. You're laughing. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So <laughs> let's dive into this one, man. Since you brought this movie up, what's your, what's your number one reason to watch the mighty, mighty No Retreat, No Surrender? Man, when I started watching No Retreat, No Surrender, I had I had some ideas of what the best reason is. But by the end, I realized that my favorite thing about No Retreat, No Surrender is the greaseball mob guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's such a greaseball. His, his hair is slicked back like the guy from uh, Men at Work. Right. And he, he's walking into a dojo's. Hey, you're going to work with us, right? Oh, you're wrong. Well... We'll have to send a message to other people who might not work with us. I mean, he's he's so canned, but he's just he's the guy you need. Right. Uh, I kind of love him. I, well, I love when the, when it gets to the the big standoff at the end or whatever, and he's in the audience and he's just clapping like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever the bad guys do it, something sinister, and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I mean. That guy takes pleasure in his work, and watching him makes me take pleasure in his movie. Just yeah. just a little bit more. You caught me off guard with that one. I wouldn't have thought that was number one, but that's pretty good, man. So, uh, he's he's it, kind of you take his parts and just just watch them, <laughs> and you have the whole movie right there. How about when he gets At in the ring and takes substance. the he takes the microphone away from the announcer and just has to take over like he's Vince McMahon <laughs> all of a sudden? Yeah, and he's like, and what does he say? He says, the next fight that comes up. We'll give it to Seattle. <laughs> yes. Like, well, Next one is. But like, wasn't win, that the point anyway? Because he only had take one. All. <laughs> so like, he only had one person in the tournament against four people. So if anybody from Seattle had won, then it would have been Seattle wins. Like he wasn't going to be like, oh well, I've got another guy over here. No, he already said he only has one person to enter. 
Well, I like um, it. it. Even says anybody. He says out of these four guys or anybody else in the building. <laughs> he well, challenges everybody out, there. Man. So <laughs> even the dude st- sitting there in the crowd, and he's wearing a striper shirt. And I was like, yeah, get in there and yeah, kick his yeah. butt. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that because, like, I, I say you could probably fast forward to the end. <laughs> <laughs> and just watch that last thing and that's fine yep. that last like 15 minutes of the movie is perfectly fine it's not, it's you don't not really even need that. to watch the rest it's not even that man it's like 7 minutes <laughs> it's like 7 minutes they wrap this joker quick <laughs> but if you do that what you're gonna miss it was one of the greatest introductions of friendship ever in a movie <laughs> When you get introduced yeah. to RJ, who ends up being our main character's best friend, yes, and the introduction of it is priceless. So let, let's give a little story of what's going on. You, you got Mr. Slickback Hair. We're talking about is basically a mafia dude, and I don't understand where things change to where the mafia <laughs> decides they want to take over all the dojos in America. <laughs> Yeah, so they, like the mafia guys from New York, they're taking they, over all the dojos. They literally are driving to all these other states and saying, "Your dojo is going to belong to us." It's like, what? Where does this make? Where is this lucrative in any in any way to a mobster? <laughs> like maybe it was a it, it was a, a a script that was um, adapted from like a like a Golden Harvest film from China that was supposed to take place in like ancient china where they you know they were going from dojo to dojo in the old villages i don't know but yeah you're right it's like hey we have this we have guys with guns and we have all kinds of criminal organizations but we're going to take over these martial arts dojos full of teenagers trying to learn (laughs) self-defense oh that's a good idea oh yeah so yeah man the introduction of rj uh is incredible because our main character's dad has a dojo, and they come and they roughhouse him. The, the 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 criminals come in, which one of them happens to be the first performance ever by Jean Claude Van Damme. This is the first thing I ever saw him in. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, I, I didn't recognize him. <laughs> he looks so different in this. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that was Jean Claude Van Damme, really. I, I just thought of him as Ivan the Russian. You know how he's building this. I, I didn't realize yeah. that was that was time cop. That's crazy. Oh man. Filming. <laughs> so so uh, they come in. They rough up our main character's dad. Breaks his leg, which is another funny thing that's making sense because they like break his knee, but he's wearing a cast through the rest of the movie that's down below the knee, so he can bend his knee. So, anyways, we'll get off of that. But um, so they move. To Seattle, which is what you do when, you know, you get thrown out of your own dojo. That's right. You retreat and you surrender. (laughs) (laughs) And while they move to Seattle, and while they're unpacking, our main character picks up a box and a basketball rolls out of it. It bounces across the street. And who's standing there? RJ. Now, he's not standing there. He bikes up, man. This is is the ultimate 80s introduction because he's riding. He's got a big jerry curl going on. Got some cool, you know... Like break dancing shoes, he's driving a BMX bike. He's got a jam box mounted on the front of his steer, <laughs> of his steering column on his bicycle on his handlebars. And the bike, bi- and the basketball comes over to him, and he picks it up and's like, "Hey, check me out!" And he's like passing the basketball around his body. Then he bounces it over, <laughs> and they're like, you know, that's the way you create friendships is by bouncing a basketball together. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he like he rides the bike and dribbles at the same time, and then passes it over to the guy who 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 does some some tricks with the basketball and spins it on his finger, and then they're like, "Yeah, I guess we're friends." <laughs> they like shake hands with some kind of pre-friendship handshake where they do like the clasp matched by the the arm tug, and it's all done, man. I mean, like RJ and our main character Johnny, yeah, Johnny, yeah. <laughs> A little more feedback here, Johnny. A little more feedback, Johnny. <laughs> they are destined to be best friends. Yeah. Ebony and Ivory, as it were. Yes. Yep. Or Ivory and Mocha. Helming. <laughs> <laughs> what a friendship. So if you skip to the end, like Danny was saying, you're going to miss the bonding <laughs> of RJ and Johnny. That's a good point. And when you need something, RJ's your guy. He's got he's got a, an inside line to everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, man, because there's a lot of random stuff. We'll get to it as we go along. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about in this movie, even though there shouldn't be. So, so yeah, first one for me, RJ coming into the scene. Excellent. What you, what you got next, man? Oh well, you know what? We're, we're just we'll touch on the next reason to watch the movie, and that's the over-the-top casual villain in all this. You know, you got John Claude over here as Ivan the uh, Russian, but he's not. He can't be there the whole time because he's the big baddie that you fight at the end. Right. But, no, for all that stuff, you got Scott. Okay, <laughs> Scott is is this uh, an obese slob <laughs> who is uh, who who hates RJ. He just hates him. Whenever he sees him, he's he's gonna he's gonna chase him down, and I mean, so when he's not after Pee Wee's bike, <laughs> he's got lots of free time and he uses it to uh, to harrow har- and pester uh, RJ. So yeah, Scott is my next reason to watch it. He That's from, say- from uh, hamburger where like the, just the mustard is all over his face. The first time you see him, he's eating oh, a sheet cake. Man, he's got he's, a sheet cake, and he's just taking handfuls of this sheet cake. And before he talks, he makes sure to smear it on his mouth. Before he talks, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not disgusting enough, so I'm gonna just, just, just move this cake across my mouth and then say, RJ, I'll get you. Everything he's just a Bruce Lee freak, just with this neighborhood needs. Right. Like, how do you care, man? But. So, I've actually, there's actually going to be a, a picture that I put out there that's going to be like a clue of the week. It's going to be him eating the cake. <laughs> so, so, you folks, when you, that picture that you saw that you were like, what is this? That's, that's Scott, man. And the way, the way he gets introduced, and Danny was just saying it, I mean, it is, it's literally a Pepperidge Farm cake. <laughs> He's got a Pepperidge Farm cake in his hand. He's got two, three musketeers, one in his shirt pocket. One sitting on the dash of a, or the hood of a car. He's got a whole box of ding dong sitting there and a coke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I remember when it first came on because I don't remember him being in the movie at all as a kid. And I'm thinking, what a weird setup for this. Per- I mean, because I expected to never see this guy again. I just saw some weirdo standing outside going, "There goes the neighborhood." That kind of thing. They put the, the plot into an accelerator, right? They're they're like, man, we need to get this guy trained up. We need to have him fight this this big villain at the end. 
And uh, we don't, it's like they figured they didn't have time to do it. So it's like, okay, well, let's just have Scott come over and uh, and mess with his friend. Okay, let's have Scott come over and mess with the girl that he likes. Okay, let's have Scott come over and mess up his chance at the dojo there in Seattle. Right. And like every time they need something bad to happen to Johnny, Scott just shows up and goes, oh, I think I've got an idea. Right. And then he just he screws it up for Johnny. Just yeah. That's what he does. This movie hinges on him a lot. The whole Pepperidge Farm cake in his hand is it's just oh ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like the directors behind the, the behind the camera going, all right, now, I need you to eat this cake with your bare hands and make sure you get nice and nasty. Yeah. Okay, and then, like, later, he's like, I need you to eat this burger. And then, like, when you get mad, just squeeze the burger so it's all over the place. Yeah, that, that's great. I, I, don't, I don't even understand. Like, why, why, uh, why? So that leads me to my next reason to watch this movie. Or maybe not to watch this movie. But I have a fondness for RJ through this whole thing because he's one, he's a terrible actor. I mean, yeah. everything he does yeah. is just absolutely terrible. And to back that up, not only is he a bad actor, but he's a bad rapper because he raps. Well, I dance a bit and I'm really quick. I rap to the beat so viciously. Why you go imitating Bruce Lee? I like to feel my highs, like to feel my lows. Why you rock, 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 try to kick me with your toes? I'll do it for you now and I'll show you how. I rock to the beat, so watch my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that the second line is I rap to the beat. <laughs> He's not even close. Well, I dance to bit and I'm really quick. I rap to the beat so viciously. I like to feel my highs, like to feel my lows. Rock, 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 try to kick with your toes. I'll do it for you now and I'll show you how. I rap to the beat, so watch my feet. <laughs> It's like he's begging you to listen to him. He's like, no, please. No, please. I can't rap. Please. No, no, no. Don't walk away. Oh, man. I think what it is is they actually recorded him live, like standing there doing it, and then they just tried to put some music behind it is what they tried to do. Yeah, yeah. It's part of this introduction to RJ that you're talking about. It's just so... In my notes, I called it a flash in the pan with bad acting. Oh, boy. I mean, like, his acting... Him and the 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 guy who's kind of the the assistant sensei in the sense in the uh, <laughs> yes the, the uh, Seattle dojo and, and it's like everybody but the main character they hired for some reason other than acting like R J might have been because he's a decent dancer you know um, and and the 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 guy from the guy from the beginning his dad is a terrible actor too like they all just deliver lines flat you know like you think you can take my dojo well you can't so get out of here. You know, they're just like, and you'll see it. The very first scene of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll yeah. see it. His dad is, is delivering some lines, and he's oh, like, listen, terrible. tough guy. Terrible. I thought I had a choice in the matter. And it's just, oh, it's so flat. Yeah, Becky walked by when I was watching it. And, of course, the dad's laying down the law to the mafia, and he's using his hands when he talks, when he <laughs> moves his hands. And she was just like, what are you watching? <laughs> it's like, no retreat, no surrender, babe. <laughs> And then you said it was it was Danny's pick. Yeah. <laughs> Danny made me. Danny's making me watch this. <laughs> Danny picked this. <laughs> <laughs> there was a movie that came out like ten years later called Super Fighter, and and, and the, the two of them. No, I don't really get them confused, but it's the same movie. Wow, it's the same movie. It's just like they said it in the future. What you got next, man? Can't believe we talked that long about Scott and RJ. Um, 
That's because of this. Well, I dance a bit, now I'm really quick. I rock to the beat so viciously. Why you go imitating? So viciously. I like to feel my highs, like to feel my lows. Right, 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 right. Try to kick with your toes. I'll do it for you now, and I'll show you how. I rock to the beat, so watch my feet. Oh. So watch my feet. When you kick, kick, kick with your toes. I'm going to say you need to watch this movie for three consecutive training montages. Oh, yes. Okay. Because it's not one montage. It's like a montage followed by a little section, followed by a montage, followed by a little section, followed by a third montage where everything gets done. And weird stuff happens in this montage. You know, like, <laughs> first of all, he, he went and prayed to the to the the, to, the, uh, the the gravestone of Bruce Lee. And so when in his time of need, Bruce Lee comes to him. And, you know, it's a guy who's overdubbed and, and it's kind of a Bruce Lee impersonator that doesn't look a whole lot like him. But, you know, I, I get the spirit here. Right. But there's also weird stuff in one of these, like, like he's doing some, like, some some squat thrusts, like where he's hanging out on monkey bars. Yeah. And RJ sees him from the corners. RJ's like, oh, and he, like, <laughs> runs over and jumps on his thrusting hips. <laughs> This yes. happens twice, and the second time he like doesn't fall because it, he's so strong, yeah. and he just keep, keeps on humping. How about when he's he's just sitting on top of Johnny, and Johnny's like going up and down, and he's just eating a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish we were making that up, but we're not. <laughs> no, that's really in there. So yeah, you just mentioned something that I can't believe is not a reason we're saying is a reason to watch a movie. The ghost of Bruce Lee, man. It's the, the ghost, ghost of Bruce Lee. Which you know, the ghost of Bruce Lee is not going to look anything like Bruce Lee. So of course not. Yeah, you know. that's how ghosts work. They they just kind of bear a, a, a general similarity. That's right. So, uh, but yeah, that was a big selling point of this movie because everybody had Bruce Lee fever at the time. He was the reason martial arts is what it is, and it's it's a neat. And you said it earlier. It's a neat teenage boy idea. To yeah, have somebody yeah. get trained by the ghost of Bruce Lee, right? So. And you know his 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 dad, who could very well be the the same guy who played the dad in Troll Two from from the acting talent there. Right, right. He, he says, you know, early on, like he's in his dad's dojo and he's he's sparring with a guy and he does that, wah, 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 and he like you know takes the guy down and then he like you know he uh, he bogues over him when he's on the ground, which was a great scene for one reason, and I'll tell you that reason. The guy that he beats up in the training thing just falls down. And stays down. He didn't <laughs> right. get up. Like, hey man, what was that? Like, his dad comes over and delivers this whole like, this isn't Jeet Kundo. This isn't Bruce Lee's Jeet Kundo. You know, and 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 I'm like, where's that guy? Right. He just hit him. Like, he never six comes times. back up. <laughs> and, the, and the guy just stays down there and is like, so I don't want to see that stuff in this. And you think the guy would stand up and be like, yeah, I don't want to see that either. That wasn't what we were doing, man. <laughs> but no, the guy just stays down. Yeah, the, the, the ghost of Bruce Lee who, who comes in with the whole like. And I remember this one too. And I'm sure you you know when, when the ghost Bruce Lee shows up and he's like, you know, these two glasses are you know you and me, and one of them's full of diet coke, and the other one's full of water, right? And he's like, this is you, and he's got the water glass, and he's like, this is me, and I know more. And he tries to pour it, and he's like, sensei, no. And you know, the, the diet coke spills over, and he's like, you got to, and he just throws the water out, and then he pours the diet coke in, and he's like, you have to unlearn what you've learned in order to learn what I know. And it's kind of like, hey, Diet Coke is better than water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I give you another reason to watch this movie. This movie was groundbreaking for one reason. <laughs> for one reason, most '80s movies end with something that we always refer to as the freeze frame, where everybody just yeah. laughs and goes. <laughs> this movie starts 
with a freeze frame. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah, I For did. like 30 seconds, it's just a freeze frame of the front of the dojo. And it, it just is. stays there. And it's it, like, and it, is there something wrong? Is there something wrong with this copy of the movie? <laughs> Usually with an establishment shot, you kind of pan in. You know, you start far away and you pan in right. or you pan up or down to kind of give the I'm entering the scene kind of thing. But this is like, all right, we need a scene of the dojo. Okay. Yeah, just leave it there for a minute. <laughs> all right, well, just just pause the thing then if you don't have that long a scene. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay, now we're in the dojo. Okay, good good job. Yeah, you're right. It's got a weird it stays uh, there frozen forever. frame there. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. That that's how this movie set itself apart. We do the freeze frame at the beginning of the movie. And I'll say that it, it didn't hurt anything. <laughs> I mean, Take that, Spielberg. <laughs> it's like, it, it probably had some bad actor in there, and they just cut him out. And then the last thing this movie needed was another bad actor. You know, and what I will say for Scott, you know, at least his acting wasn't flat, man. He got to be the uh, the villain everybody hates, you know, and, and oh, yeah. he overplayed it, man. Oh, he yeah. overplayed it. There's a scene in, in this, and I'm going to point this out. Because this is kind of like that whole David Letterman, like, what about that guy? And point some guy in the background thing. So it, there's a burger joint, and and Scott's there with like, he's got like 15 people hanging around him. Like he's super popular, yeah, guys and girls, and uh, and he's like, and one of the guys is like, hey, thanks for the food, man. He's like, stick with me, and you'll never be hungry. Like while he's just <laughs> stuffing this burger in his mouth, and right. then he burps. Right, and he's like, "Oh, that, that that didn't feel good." What I'm gonna say is the guy that that tells him, "Hey, thanks right. for the food." Yeah, is like the first Padawan man. He's got yeah. like this, he's this, this like regular haircut with this one braid that goes down to the middle of his back. Yeah, and it's like, wow, you know, who? I don't think that was a thing in 1986. Man. Oh yeah, man, it's a rat tail. It wasn't a rat tail though. It was like it was enough to like put a like a French braid on. Yeah, but things I mean, like. People were doing, I mean, there was all different. I mean, a rat tail's this little small one, but people were doing those. I remember seeing them. But yeah, that's the first thing I noticed too. I was like, wow, look at that dude, man. It's like, yeah, I cut, I had really long hair and decided to cut it all off, except this one part. <laughs> yeah, and well, I mean, that's a, that's a rat tail, but I've, I've never seen a rat tail that was braided quite so oh, um, yeah. fastidiously. I don't know. I'm, and that, that, of course, you know, is followed up by a scene where RJ's walking down the street and Scott's like, oh, hey, there's RJ. I'm gonna get him, you know, and and, and the guys all run out there and stop and the him. Thing is, anywhere, you know? And that scene too. I mean, RJ's just doing this inquisitive look on his face, like, huh? Where am I at? Like, what? Like he's looking for somebody, right? And it's just like, why would he just be randomly walking by in the middle of a parking lot, going, huh? What? Where am I? Well, be- because Scott needed him there. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you yeah, got to go back even further, though. The, the whole RJ and and Scott's, uh, the skateboard chasing. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're obviously, you've got somebody that knows how to skateboard, and then you've got RJ. And sometimes you're seeing shots of RJ, and sometimes you're seeing shots of that guy's legs. <laughs> <laughs> How about at the beginning of that when Scott's in his yard and he's got the pressure washer and all he's doing is knocking over the empty Coke cans and he's drunk. They're just he's sitting out in the yard with the pressure washer. Oh, yeah, and his dad comes God. over and he's like, I have to tell you one more time. Yeah. I mean, and I've got to say why. It's just, it's like they spent a whole lot of time on random crap. Right. And they decided when it came time to further the plot, they were just like, all right, Scott, work your magic. 
right. we need uh, Johnny to be mad, so you gotta go do something. Scott pulls off a schoolboy trip, man. He gets the guy from the dojo to like push him, and he like gets on his hands and knees behind him. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna say the champ, the uh, Ryan, oh the, my gosh. the uh, Seattle uh, <laughs> uh, karate champ, you know, like heavyweight karate champ or whatever. Who's you know kind of like Dan Severin body hair kind of going on there. I, I got nothing against it. He's, but but you know he's a bad actor, but. Just like the dad, and just like so many other people, they didn't hire him for that. No. He's he's really good with the choreographed fight scenes for yeah. sure. Yeah, but he's a really bad actor, and like you know, he, he has to come in and and Johnny likes his sister, you know, and he's like, "Hey, little sis, just want to point out to all you people out there that this is my sister, and that's how I'm connected to this birthday party," and which they they jump to his sister's birthday party out and of it's nowhere. Like, out of, yeah, I mean, like, happy birthday, Kelly. And like, who's Kelly? Right. Well, even the fact of when Johnny's getting dressed up to go to the party, I'm like, when did he even meet this girl? And she says, like, I met him last summer in L.A. It's like, what? <laughs> is, is this is this Greece all of a sudden? <laughs> I mean, it's just the lamest. I was like, there's no yeah, mention of her happen. whatsoever. And he just happens to know that she lives in Seattle. I mean, there's no connection whatsoever. It, it, right, that that you know, blew my mind. I was like, "Yeah, that they just threw this." Either there were scenes they just completely cut out, or they just said, "Yeah, it don't matter." <laughs> and it, it's kind of you know, it, it's kind of like like I said, they put the plot into an accelerator, and they were like, "Okay, we need to get from point A, where you know he's running from the mob, to point X, where he's he's fighting Ivan the Russian, and in between those things, we got to have." All the people in the new city don't like him, and he's got a girlfriend that, that gets uh, mad at him, and he's got enemies in the new place, and he makes a friend, and his dad gets mad at him, and he reconciles with his dad, and his dad overcomes. And it's like they've got a, all these things they have to do in the movie, and they, so they just kind of like make scenes where they all happen and strung together. Yeah. Almost like the Eliminators. <laughs> so it's like that scene with the cavemen where, you know, Johnny's like, hey, comes off that boat, and then there are those cavemen. <laughs> Yep, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I gotta say Ryan, the 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 brother of the girl, like, and you, I'm finding it hard to kind of tie it in right here because, like well, you said, the girl that he, he's in love with hasn't been mentioned until now. Well, here's here's the thing, and this is what you got to remember with this movie. There was a movie that came out a year or two before this called The Karate Kid. What? I don't think I've ever heard of that yeah. one. And. You can tell they were trying to make another Karate Kid, but with more martial arts in it. That's all this movie is. But deep down, they didn't know it. But they were also making (laughs) another version of Trick or Treat, the 1986 (laughs) classic. Because it all comes down to tearing a poster. They tear the poster of Bruce Lee, and that's what sets it all off. And then Trick or Treat, you tear the poster of Sammy Kerr. There you go. It's a stretch, but hey, I saw a lot of trick or treat in this movie. There's definitely there's a lot of Karate Kid in this movie for sure. Yeah, you, well, I mean that's the thing. They had to have him make a bunch of enemies, and so they just kind of installed enemies there. The plot's not the best. I mean, the plot in a nutshell: Dad has to move away because the mob's pushing him. He's running away. Son doesn't like the fact he's running away. Dad always tells him not to fight. Makes a friend, gets a girlfriend, gets trained by the ghost of Bruce Lee. <laughs> Goes to the tournament at the end and beats the bad guy. I mean, that's right. really the plot. That's it. I mean, and everything in between is really just '80s hijinks. You got dance numbers. Oh my got, gosh! Oh, the the random yeah. break dance scene 
not only does RJ break dance, but you also get where you go to this nightclub where you get a guy and a girl couple that's dressed like Michael Jackson doing a little dance routine, and they're pretty decent. You know, they got the moves. But then RJ <laughs> comes in dressed like another Michael Jackson, and it's like, what is this, Michael Jackson night, or what's the deal here? And, of course, he starts break dancing, which you can tell when it gets going, it's not really him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think the... the the, the Jerry Curl wig kind of comes off the guy's head that's doing the head spin. So, <laughs> so you can kind of tell, yeah, it's not real. There's a, I'm telling you guys, there's a ton of stuff in this movie that there's no way we're going to talk about every one of them. But none of it's really good, but it's things that should be talked about. <laughs> well, and, and he said, yeah, you're right. RJ comes in and does his dance number, which, by the way, the dance number by the couple before him yeah that's a reason to watch the movie sure i mean there's a part where the guy's like broken down on the ground and the girl puts a light Light bulb bulb in his his mouth mouth. (laughs) and she's doing some kind of cpr dance on him and then like she she squeezes his nose and the light bulb turns on (laughs) i mean mind you this is in the middle of a like mob driven dojo movie about martial arts and you got a couple where the the chick puts a light bulb in her boyfriend's mouth and turns it on with CPR. I mean, I can't make this up. Happy birthday, Kelly. (laughs) And how about the, you get the whole fight scene there where they're trying to embarrass him because he's there and, and you've got the leader of the other dojo that doesn't like him because Scotty told him that, oh, he's making fun of our, he says L.A., uh, karate is the best, and Seattle karate is crap, and so he sets his whole plot up, and again, he's interested in Kelly, but this dude's interested in Kelly, so they have kind of a throwdown, and of course, you know, our our hero kind of gets his butt handed to him, because he got picked on by several people, and so he leaves, and what I love about this is he's driving back home, and he starts having the flashbacks, kind of like Rocky Four. Except you don't <laughs> yeah. have the earth noise. But what's killer about it is the fact that he's having flashbacks of getting his butt kicked. But you don't see it from his eyes. You know, you see it just like you would if it was the camera. You know, we we get to see the flashbacks of what we saw, but not really what he saw. And for some reason, that just really stood out to me. Like, how odd. You know? I didn't even notice that. I'm going to have to go watch it again now. Because you're not... <laughs> Because you're not seeing it through his eyes. You're seeing it how we saw it. So it's like, why is that a flashback? <laughs> well, see, and, and I don't know about you, but but just, just now talking about it, and I'll make this quick. The plot could have been made a lot easier if the birthday party or the introduction of Kelly had just happened earlier than his visit to the dojo. Because right. since they both liked the girl... Right, that could have been the reason that the guy throw down deep yeah. sixes his his chances of going because he goes to the dojo and like you said Scott comes in is like well he beat me up he gave me this and he gave me th-. I remember that from being a kid like watching that because it it's like it's like a little kid showing you where he where he skinned yeah. his knee or something like, he gave right me this here. and he gave me this and he gave me this and and the guy's like why were y'all fighting and he's like oh uh, he was talking about how bad Seattle karate is compared to Los and and before that they were getting along great right like but all of a sudden you know Scott to the rescue you know you got you got enemies galore now which then um, I have to stop you there too because I got that on my notes that's the fastest application fill out I've ever seen because <laughs> he I mean while he's filling it out they come and grab him and take him to a class I was like yeah. what's the he didn't pay anything I mean he didn't finish filling it out and they t- just took him you know, it's like wow. 
Well, and, and there's a scene that could have been thrown away and, 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 I don't know, replaced with a flashback about Kelly. Because it's like RJ and dude and Johnny shows up, you know, and they're like, hey, I'm interested in this dojo. Oh, well, here's an application. All you have to do is fill it out. Oh, okay, well, I'm going to fill this out. Like, what about you? No, I'm not going to join. Oh, okay, then. But you can join all you want. Yeah, and it, the dialogue is like something out of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, man. It, it's like... It's it's unnecessary. It's yep. poorly acted, and like you said, he's he's she starts writing, and the guy and, and RJ says, "You need help spelling your name." And he's like, "No," <laughs> and the guy comes around, and is like, "Are you done with that?" And takes it away. It's like he just started with that. <laughs> he just got his first name written on there. You're already saying, "Hey, come on!" Well, class starts in ten minutes. <laughs> and now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of an awesome scene because I remember the whole damn thing. <laughs> oh man! Hey, let's hey. Let's talk about this mafia real quick. You know you got an awesome mafia when you show up at your own dojo and they're already in there. <laughs> and he even says, yeah. how'd you get in here? He's like, that's not important. You brought him up all ago, but uh, Kelly's brother, the one that's the awesome martial artist, the scene where he wins the trophy, you know, when he wins the championship, and they're showing it on this little TV. People, you have to get to this part and watch this, because his acting there is Unbelievable. Because he's got the trophy and he's just holding a hand up in the air. It is the funniest looking crap I've ever seen. Yeah, it's on like a TV and it looks. Oh man, it's wrong. so bad. So bad. No, oh, the guy who's interviewing him like puts the microphone over to him and then starts talking. <laughs> he's like, so what? Do you, this whole time he's got the, the the microphone in front of the champ's mouth and he's going. Well, we're all proud of you for what you've done, and he doesn't have the mic to his mouth. He's got the mic over to the other guy's mouth, and then like after that, after he's done, you realize the champ doesn't have another line, so he just kind of brings the mic back over to his own mouth. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I was supposed to have that. Should we reshoot that? Ah, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm full of RJ love here, but I got to bring up one more thing. You've seen him break dance. You've seen him dress as Michael Jackson. You've seen him eat in a popsicle. <laughs> but there's one scene where Johnny goes and knocks on his on his fence around his house. RJ, RJ, and he pops up with this Jerry curl hairnet on. <laughs> what was that all about, man? <laughs> and the thing is, is, he's standing right above where dude is sitting, and he's looking around like, huh? What? Who is that? I was like, dude. He's right. I mean, if, if, if he said something, he would spit on you. That's how close he is to you. And you're looking around like, what was that, huh? And oh, that, that's right where RJ is like, oh, you got kicked out of your garage? Well, I know this abandoned house over here that's in <laughs> yeah. perfect shape, and we can just move, move all your stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, there were some weird decisions made with this movie. Right. And you brought up the training, the, the training montages earlier, but I actually have a first training montage, second training montage. <laughs> I mean, they're just listed like that. Did you notice the Nerf product placement? <laughs> no, I didn't. Remember, he's didn't got he's on the, he's on the stretching thing with the you know where he's you know stretching out with his arms and it's mounted to the wall. It's got the springs on it. And he's stretching out his arms for strength. And Bruce Lee says, you have to do it, and it has to be natural, you know, whatever. But, but it wasn't natural. And then he throws a ball at him, and he stops and catches the ball, and he says, now, how natural was that? Right. When when Johnny's holding the ball, you can specifically see they got it turned just the right way, so you can see Nerf written across it. And they're, like, making sure. I mean, you can even see him turn it to where <laughs> to where it's right. 
I didn't notice the Nerf product placement, but I did notice all the Coke product placement. Oh, it's, it's everywhere. Like, yeah. Oh, man, I'm done. Time to pop in with a Coke and a smile. <laughs> you know, like, oh, we moved all your stuff into this abandoned house. Let's pop them in a Coke. Diet Coke for me. You know, it's like, yeah. And, of course, you got the dad who's been the martial arts guy who's pretty much, you know, disagrees with his son wanting to go out and fight and have revenge and all that stuff until he gets his butt kicked at a bar. And then these random guys try to beat him up outside the bar and then his son comes in and kicks everybody's butt and then he's like, cool with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and he walks him. Sometimes you gotta fight, Dad. I, I guess, like, you know, it, it helps that uh, that Scott's real father was in the, the bar the night before. Yeah, it's because Scott's stepfather comes over and, and gives him crap about not washing the windows. Scott's real father uh, is the other the other redneck, right. overweight guy with curly hair in uh, Seattle over there. And he's, hey, I heard you used to teach karate. Uh, just leave me alone, man. I, I just brought you a beer. Hey, what if I dump this beer on your head? <laughs> well, that's not very nice. I, I just, I'm just going to go back to work now. What if I kick your butt? It's like... Okay, fine. I'm gonna take your pool stick and, and run you out the door. Like it must be Scott's dad because they were like, man, somebody really needs to make dad like break bad here. How about this guy who looks just like Scott but older? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, it's just it's got every setup you can think of. That's just you know what? I change I change everything about this show we've talked about so far. I want to change my number one reason. My number okay. one reason is the ring announcer's tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is amazing. Isn't it white, right? It's white with the black trim, the big, the big, you know, fluffy shirt. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, you, you gotta have a, you gotta have a big white tuxedo when you're just gonna get usurped by the grease ball in the front row. <laughs> I'm the announcer now, and if anybody in the whole city of Seattle can beat this guy, then I'll give up everything that this movie's about. <laughs> Oh, I lost my sound. There we go. Hail Ming. <laughs> I give up everything this movie is about. <laughs> okay, so yeah, and, and while we're talking about the tournament, I, I agree that the announcer's got some some fantastic duds. It's incredible. I'm also, I'm also going to say everybody at the tournament, like, just take a minute and look at the crowd. Right. There's like a guy with a handlebar mustache wearing yes, like sir. a turtleneck, like he just came out of a like an old French movie. And then there's like like white and black alike, and a bunch of old ladies. And there's this old lady wearing a red hat. And like, just, it's like the weirdest group of people to watch this yeah. tournament. Nobody, the, nobody looked like this would come to arts. Yeah, they would never come to a martial arts standoff like this. <laughs> and you know, they're, they're all given directions like, okay, look disappointed now. You know, because some of them are like shaking their head, and some are like talking to the guy next to them. It, it's great. Just just watch that because you're gonna watch that scene anyway. It's yeah. it's the it's, it's the the it's the quintessence of the movie is that tournament at the end. Nice. And while you're doing that, just watch <laughs> watch all the people in the crowd because you won't be disappointed by what you find. Which you'll, you? you'll find. I tried to, to write, write down all the different things I saw in the crowd, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell people to watch the crowd because there's some craziness <laughs> going on in there. Uh, but uh, the reason that you will pay attention to that because you won't be disappointed in that because you will be disappointed <laughs> And the teams that come out to fight each other because they're named the Manhattan Maulers and the Seattle Sidekicks. Yeah. <laughs> and they even kind of kind of give like a like a like a scrappy little introduction to right. the Seattle Sidekicks. Like, These young men and all their 
youthful fervor. They, they, like, you know, they, if you're going to fight a group called the Maulers, you, you really don't want to emphasize just how young and scrappy you are. You, you kind of want to make it sound bad. Otherwise, they're just going to scrap their whole team and send Ivan the Russian after you. Because, you know, yeah, the, the bad guys are like Harold throat cut Jenkins and all this stuff and you get to this and it's like and coming in from Seattle here's Frank Peters (laughs) (laughs) and while we're here on the tournament again reason to watch the movie Jean-Claude Van Damme's badass like no holds barred style like he's gonna he's, he's gonna bring out a rope from the ropes and wrap it around your neck He's gonna take the pads off and try and like like smother you with it like you're like you're an invalid in a bed. He's gonna do everything he can possibly do. Because <laughs> Greaseball over there says, "Kill him." Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, that's my job now. And he's all mad because right. he's been embarrassed. That's what you're waiting for because you want to see the showdown between him and and he's the guy that broke. You know, Jean Claude broke J- uh, Johnny's dad's leg at the beginning of the movie, and that's what brought the whole you know the demise of the dojo so this is like you know the ultimate bad guy to fight because he's 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 a bad dude it's John Cla- John Claude Van Damme I mean what do you expect but yeah man I love it when he's like he's got the dude up in the corner and then he reaches down and snaps that rope and he wraps it around dude's neck and he's just like choking him with that and he's like punching him in the gut <laughs> And the, the ref comes over and he punches the ref over the ring and then oh, and then man. all the judges are over there like standing up pointing like like what are you gonna do? He, obviously he doesn't care about points anymore, so right. you know you might want to get up there and like physically <laughs> stop this crap. Yeah, the ref goes, "That's gonna cost you a point." He's like, just <laughs> and the referee so there hasn't really been any points either. It's just been ring yeah, out oh, kind yeah. of stuff, right? I mean, you know, Jean Claude's kicking dudes and they're doing somersaults out of the ring. So, oh man, when he takes the the, the last main guy and he puts him in the ropes and he splint spins him around so he's trapped in the ropes so he can just start <laughs> pounding on him that's great yeah. man that's great yeah. i mean and like i said all that and that's a reason to watch the movie this final right. fight scene when john claude just breaks out he's like all right fine I, I, i'm not gonna do this anymore i mean first of all he's pretty punch light you know because they got to display uh all of his kicks and you know his flexibility as a dancer Right, you know, and and then he goes to his corner, and of course he's doing the splits on the ropes because that's what he does, man. Right. He's Jungle Love Van Dam, but like, watch for any punches, man. He's not throwing any punches unless he's got like the rope around your neck. He's he's it's all kicks all day. And, and two things right here. One thing, the referee's hair, man, incredible. I mean, you got to check out this dude's <laughs> hair. The other thing. It's like- it's, it's so blonde, man. It's like a blonde bowl cut. It's awesome. <laughs> and then the other side of that, I noticed just by watching this whole scene, because you're, you're getting wrapped up in the action, but it don't matter if it's gloves, knees, kicks to the face, they all have the same sound. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, there's no difference. It don't matter if he's hitting you with a glove, if you're hitting him with a fist, if you kick him in the face, it's the same sound effect that everyone of Yeah. It's incredible. So, Rick, you mentioned the Karate Kid. Yes. And the Karate Kid had, like, a, a super move, you know, that had to be used at the end to win the fight, right? Right, right. So, does no, does no Retreat, No Surrender have a super move that needs to be used at the end to win the fight? Uh, I'm specifically talking about, okay, if you ever played pro wrestling for Nintendo or Street Fighter. Sure. There's this there's this kick, right? Right. This 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 gravity defying kick. Right. That like you know 
you flip your whole body around and kick and then land back on your feet, right? Right. The Starman had it in in in, uh, in pro wrestling, and it was it was the cheap move that won it, just like with Guile, really. Right. And 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 this is what the ghost of Bruce Lee teaches him. Right. You know, when when you got your leg in the in the in the turnbuckle, the guy's holding you there. Just uh, just flip around, kick him in the yep. face with your other leg, and then land on your feet. Yep. And it's, you went you went all day. It's like turning a somersault. So dudes get your leg caught and you jump on the one leg and also kick him in the face with the same leg and come back around and land on your feet. But to me there's something more impressive than that, and that's when he like rolls on the ground and he basically does a push up with his feet in the air and hits Jean Claude right under the chin with both his feet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you right, like some of the Jean Claude kicks are pretty awesome. Oh, like yeah. the first couple of guys, they're like uh, you, you can take this guy out however you want, and he like he, he like bounces off the the ropes and does a double like heel kick in oh, the yeah. dude's chest and yeah. knocks him off. The, I mean, again, the reason that I mean, you watch the movie, you can laugh at RJ, you can have some bad raps, you can watch Scott, you know, stuff food in his face, but then when it all comes down to brass tacks, you're sitting here watching this this final fight that is just full of fun martial arts action. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 worth the last seventeen minutes or seven minutes, however you want to look at it. Yeah, uh, and and it does have bits from here there, but a lot of these things we're talking about, I I think you're going to want to go and check some of these things out, especially RJ being introduced. Oh man, it's just so so stupid. <laughs> and don't forget uh, uh, Scott, you know, eating the Pepperidge Farm cake and all that stuff. I mean, I don't know, man. It it, it was fun to revisit it, but it's really a bad movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I kind of want to watch it with my son. Sure, I can see why. Because <laughs> uh, I think he's going to enjoy it, and it's just, yeah. it's just stupid fun. It's just stupid yep. fun. Yep, and that's that's fine. I mean, because it it did what it set out to do, and that was just throw you some some crazy martial arts entertainment and have the ghost of Bruce Lee in it. Hey, I'm sold. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on things that other people like. But some people have told me that they're stupid fun, that they like to watch with their kids or whatever, is, is Pacific Rim, you know, the giant robots. Yep. That, to me, and, you know, this is my opinion. I'm not going to poo-poo anybody else's opinion of it. But I tried to watch it, and it was kind of like watching this, only you could tell they dumped millions and millions of dollars and put good actors in it. Right. And it was right. still ridiculous dialogue and a dumb plot. Sure. And giant robots fighting each other and kind of like Transformers, these inexplicable fight scenes where I didn't know if that was a foot or a hand or a head and then a giant axe comes down into a robot's head and I can't tell and there's a monster in the water. And it was just this, I know what's going on. This yeah. is some martial arts fight scenes with a bunch of you know, and at the end, the bad guy, you know, gets the the, the special move. I, I think that ultimately, I would rather watch this with my son because I get kind of distracted by just the amount of money they dumped into making a bad movie, right? Uh, with, with Pacific Rim, you yeah. know, like that, that's my opinion. You know, we can we can argue it if you want to, but um, well, it, it's it's just my opinion. Right? This this movie was made by a martial artist himself as far as being a director so there you go i mean it's not like a big budget you know you know big studio production like you were talking about this guy went out and made this movie you know because of the craze and that's what he was into so i mean yeah it works but like you said 
A lot of the acting suffers because they had to have people that can actually do the martial arts. So instead of training people for 15 years, like what happened in Princess Bride 2, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what you have to do, man, is, is find what works best. So, uh, all right, cool. You ready to jump into... So obviously, because I love RJ so much, I have to do an RJ line. <laughs> so the first one I've got is when uh, they first see Jean-Claude Van Damme in the ring. And when uh, Johnny and his dad and RJ walk in and they see him up there, and RJ goes, Hey, Jazz, looks like you just seen a ghost. And he goes, Yeah, I think I have. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because he just was like seeing exactly. a ghost. He was like, with and Bruce now Lee. you see a guy who's alive. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a line. Um, th- this comes from uh, the the assistant sensei at uh, at Riley's uh, martial arts place, and, and it's at Kelly's birthday party, which again just comes out of nowhere. And uh, he says to to Johnny, he says, "Her brother, her brother's my sensei. She's spoken for by me." <laughs> His acting, his, his acting was terrible, man. It's just so good. He gives that, po- that, that pause, like, right. obviously. Uh, I love it. Oh, yeah. So I've got, I've got one that's in the middle of the big battle at the end. And this is when Jason's starting to kick a little bit of Van Damme's rear end. So it's Ivan, which is the character of Van Damme. And he looks at Jason and goes, you're good. And Jason goes, I get better. <laughs> I was like, Man, yeah. come on, that's an action star line right there. That's <laughs> that's hotness. I've got a line. I've got um. So so the uh, the dad, you know, has has become a bartender because that's what you do anyway. Um, he, he becomes a bartender and he and he runs that dude out, right? Yep. And he says, as he's running the dude out, he says, "Don't you ever come back?" And the guy replies, "I'm gonna come back and I'll get you." I, again, it's just it's it's just it's masterful. It's like Shakespeare. Yep. We can't really, we can't even do it as bad as they did it. <laughs> it's like, don't you ever come back? I'm gonna I'm come, come back, back. <laughs> and I'll get you. All right. And the last one I got is when uh, when Scott's talking to uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. He says, "Ding dong, yo, ding dong." Helming. <laughs> I'm bad. I, I've got one more, um, and it's a Jean Claude Van Damme line. And they're they're in the ring. And uh, I think it's right before they start fighting. And John claude says, so it is you, son, is it not? Like, like I guess he's the son of the guy, but it... it yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> That's the way you remember him, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just thought that was weird, too. All right, man, let's get into this. Let's get into some rating time. Rating time, time, time. Oh boy, what do I give this movie? Uh, I'm gonna give it 47 Pepperidge Farm cakes. <laughs> 47 Pepperidge Farm cakes. Um, does this does this movie warrant one Scott to make sure that all the enemies that he needs are there? No, I don't think so. Does it warrant one Bruce Lee's ghost to train him in the ways of the ancient uh, Chinese masters? No, no. I'll tell you what this uh, this movie needs. It needs one somersault kick to save the day. That's right. <laughs> That's what I'm going to give it. Oh, uh, even though and, I already had one. And there is some, like you said earlier, the trading montages. Man, there's some scenes in that that are just 
highlights of the movie to me. When somebody says that movie, that's kind of what I think of. So it does have a yeah. few of those moments. So, but let's see what uh, where Brian Blessed thinks of Brian Blessed. What do you think of No Retreat, No Surrender? Shut up! Will you shut up? Oh, he doesn't want to be disturbed. Too long about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll be right back. Ha. I'm the boss from I'm the boss corner man incorporated. Do you like to fight? Do you need a corner man? If so, I'm the boss. I want to work for you. I'll stand in your corner while you fight. Give you water and good advice. I'll even bite someone on the ankle if need be to assist you in any way because I'm the boss. If you need a corner man, remember, I'm the boss. Call me today at 1-800-THE-BOSS. That's one eight zero zero. The boss. By the way, I only have a blue t-shirt, so you will also have to have blue fight gear. Call the boss today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Seattle's premier sports venue, the Kingswood Sports Center Gymnasium Tire Outlet Go-Karts and Golf. For a night of full contact karate. Tonight, the team of the Seattle sidekicks will go up against the Russian karate sensation Ivan Krasinski in a gauntlet match. For those of you unfamiliar with the gauntlet match, let me go over the rules. One fighter will take on three fights in three rounds lasting two minutes each. Fights are won by knockout, judge's decision, or when the corner throws in the towel. Krasinski must win his fights in order to move to the next fight, and must win all three fights to be declared the winner. The fighters must obey the referee at all times during the first round. If the fighter cannot answer a 10 count or is knocked out of the ring, the fight is over. At any point, a corner man can throw in the towel indicating to stop the fight. Each corner must have one stereotype in their corner, and is allowed one woman as well. Tonight's stereotypes are greaseball manager and fat comic relief. It'll be interesting to see which corner chooses which corner man. At the start of each fight, the winner is allowed two lines of gloating. These can be different lines or just saying, I'm the best twice. At the start of the third fight, fighters can agree to more relaxed rules. They will indicate this by pie-facing the referee. If this happens, and the fight makes it past the first round, the fighter's manager can request the fight then be to the death, 
by slapping the canvas and yelling, kill him. Now, if the fight turns into a death match, the ring can be turned into a weapon. This can include using the ropes and corners for additional momentum for an attack, tying your opponents up in the ropes, tearing off pieces of the ring to assault your opponent, even using cables on the ring to strangle your opponent. The referee can choose to revert the rules back to traditional rules and detect points from a fighter using deathmatch rules. But that fighter can protest this by kicking the referee in the face and knocking him over the top rope. The referee must go over the top rope and both feet must touch the floor in order for the fight to continue. If a fighter chooses to strangle their opponent, they will have five minutes to try and kill him. But that fighter's corner man can disrupt the strangulation by any means necessary. This includes biting. However, at that point, the corner man then becomes a part of the match and and is subject to attack. If a fighter gets tied up in the ropes, their corner woman is allowed to hit the opposing fighter with a stool. However, it should be noted, if the fighter lays hands on the corner woman, that corner is allowed to substitute their fighter with a random member of the audience. Volunteers will get first consideration. This new fighter will get two rounds of banter and four flashbacks. Now, while all previous deathmatch rules are still in effect, it is important to know that if a young young black man in a playboy tank top yells, no retreat, no surrender, the substitute fighter will get 30 seconds of invulnerability and five additional flashbacks. To be declared the winner, the referee must raise your hand, the audience must rush into the ring, lift the fighter up on their shoulders as a young Hispanic boy is hit in the face with somebody's sweater. Well, it looks like the fight is about to begin. Let's go down to the ring. Eastern Europe's most feared martial artist, Ivan Krasinski! Gentlemen, you know all the rules. So just obey my commands, and let's have a good, clean fight. Are you ready? Wait, there's still a couple of things I'm confused on. Fight! Oh! Oh! And now, did you know, with actor and martial arts expert, Steven Seagal. I'm Steven Seagal. And this is Did You Know. Did you know in the movie, No Retreat, No Surrender, Jean-Claude Van Damme made his first feature film debut. Did you know, the scene that has Kurt McKinney doing two-finger push-ups was actually filmed with wires to hoist McKinney up and down. They used trees in the background to cover up the wire. Did you know I can actually do no-finger push-ups? I do them with my mind. Did you know Jean-Claude Van Damme knocked out Peter Cunningham twice with a spin kick while filming their fight scene. The first time, Van Damme broke character and asked Cunningham if he was alright, causing director Corey Yun to shout at him. Did you know Korean actor Tae Jong Kim, who starred as Sifu Bruce Lee, had been a double stand-in for the real Bruce Lee in films such as Game of Death and Game of Death 2. Did you know I could beat Jean-Claude by just whipping my ponytail 
back and forth. And what kind of a sissy name is Claude, anyway? Did you know, six years after the film's release, two members of the cast appeared as character witnesses in the court case brought against Jean-Claude Van Damme by Jackson Rock Pinckney, testifying based on their experiences working with Van Damme on the movie Timothy D. Baker claimed that Van Damme was dangerous to work with and possessed inadequate control of his movements for a martial artist. Whereas Ron Ponell claimed that Van Damme did in fact possess adequate control and could perform a fight scene without complaint. You've been listening to Did You Know? With Steven Seagal on the Hell Ming Power Hour. Did you know? That in my reality show, True Justice, I stop crime by merely walking up while crime is happening and signing autographs and taking pictures with the culprits. All right, folks, I believe that's going to do it for this episode. Hey, if you feel like it, you can go check this one out on YouTube. I still say it's got some fun facts about it uh it's it's got some moments that are just worth checking out but don't watch the whole movie this is a definite fast forward movie as danny always says yeah yeah i've I've, i spent a lot of my high school years fast forwarding through movies with friends you know going you know it's not worth watching all this but check this out right and that's definitely one of these um you're not gonna it's not gonna hurt you to watch anything but there's definitely a lot of bad acting Okay. And they were doing a lot of fight choreography, trying to make sure that all the martial arts look great. And it really does. It still holds up. I mean, nobody's flying around. Right. Right. Um, yeah. They're good, solid fight scenes. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. So, yeah, man, just take the chance and, and check it out. I think I think it was a lot of fun. It's it's fun to revisit bad acting and all. <laughs> uh, that's kind of weird. Is that voicemail? That's voicemail. Let's, uh, let's see... All right, let's see what this is. So Hell Ming doesn't expletive deleted swear on their expletive deleted show. Well, expletive deleted that and expletive deleted Hail Ming expletive deleted heads. I tell you, I can't even expletive deleted clean expletive deleted expletive deleted. And then here's what I really hope expletive deleted pushed into their expletive deleted until their expletive deleted. Bo says we need to be more expletive deleted like hail expletive deleted Ming and expletive deleted expletive deleted expletive deleted like that. So expletive deleted. Deleted, expletive deleted, expletive deleted, expletive deleted, expletive deleted, expletive deleted, expletive deleted, and one more thing, expletive deleted, expletive deleted, one lousy, expletive deleted, show where we, expletive deleted, say, expletive deleted, stupid, expletive deleted, expletive deleted, expletive deleted, I've never even said, expletive deleted, in my whole life, you, expletive deleted, just, expletive deleted, said, expletive deleted, right there, that's how, expletive deleted, bad I am, expletive deleted, is it really there, expletive deleted, fault no because they do an expletive deleted clean show and we expletive deleted can't do it expletive deleted but i'm just expletive deleted full of expletive deleted rage i don't know where to point it at expletive deleted i guess what we're expletive deleted saying is that we're expletive deleted tired of this expletive deleted expletive deleted expletive deleted expletive deleted crap expletive deleted yeah holy smokes what i mean what was that all about yeah i didn't know we were in bad with those guys what why would why would that happen? I, I don't know. Um, 
Sorry, folks. We got to figure out what's going um, on. Uh, yeah. They, so, they, they, mention, they mentioned Bo in there. I'm they gonna did. Call, I'm going to call um, Bo. You, I, yeah, you, give, you keep you keep going. Keep the show going. Let me call Bo real quick, okay? Hey. All right. So, so let's see here. Um, to our listeners out there, of course, we always strive for the most professional of atmosphere on our podcast today. Uh, yeah, Bo. And, and yeah. to help us get there, we always have sponsors. It's Rick. So, uh, Ricky Morgan. Remember Jimmy Jenkins. Helming Power uh, Hour. Yes, that's right. Yeah. What Jimmy is Jenkins Tennis We just got a tutorials. message from, from court. And, yeah, they'll help uh, you with their forehand, the they'll help you with their backhand, uh, and they're pretty upset about stuff. And we then don't you'll know fall in love. What happened there? So, uh, you did what? And no retreat, no surrender. No retreat, no surrender is a, a fantastic. Uh, you sent them a message. Opportunity to check out some oh, good no. fight. No, no, no. And, um, you got to be kidding me. Hey, so has anybody listened to so, the uh, Doomsday Clock? Hey, you send, know? send me that message. I, I got to hear what Which you, versus I the I Doomsday Clock. Uh, Can you send it to fun, me? Um, fast paced uh, podcast, a, a lot That's like ours, uh, shorter. Uh, the Witch is a friend of ours, I hope. Um, and and he. Uh, all right, yeah. Hey, hey so sorry. Check out so, the, which oh, oh, oh. verse of the Doomsday Clock. And so hold on, man. Uh, so I just I just talked to Bo. Uh, there, there's uh, apparently Bo has said something that's started a, a ruckus. They're really mad at us for some reason. Well, I mean that's on them, man. I mean we do our thing, they do so, theirs. So Bo's be Bo. Um, well, Bo said he's going to send the message here, and we'll be able to check that out. But I. I really don't know what it's all about. He, I couldn't get any well, sense out of Bo either. Sound like he's on a three-day drunk or something. So we'll see. What, oh, that must be his message. Uh, let's see what this is. Let's see. Uh, here we go. Hey, guys. Uh, Bo here. You may remember me from such websites as legionpodcasts.com. You know, the website that actually hosts your show. Um Look, uh, a problem has come to my attention as I, you know, I listen to the shows on the network and I don't know how to say this. Uh, you guys are working a little blue oh. and <laughs> the issue isn't necessarily with your show. It's that, you know, you, you represent to other shows on the network. They look to your show, the cinema Psyops. And they say, <laughs> those guys can be, you oh, know, no. potty mouths, you know, garbage people. Then we can garbage also be people? potty mouths and garbage people. And oh, that's geez. not the direction we want to head, oh, right? We want we want to maybe turn that E for explicit into a PG, possibly. Because at the end of the day, here's what we would all like. Is for families to gather around uh, the, the podcast um, whether it's uh, through uh, like their their phones or, or maybe uh, one of them MP3 players, oh, no. something like that. I see where this is heading. And from Grandma down oh, to Little no. Billy, gathered around listening to podcasts that are talking about horror movies that are bringing more people on board. We want to well, be it's a kind of a good idea. I mean, and we want to have people <laughs> enjoy each and every show and like i said the problem isn't necessarily the the outliers right it's not that your show is particularly filthy although it is exceptionally filthy the problem is that it's starting to spread to the rest of the shows on the network i i just look i don't want to get in trouble with itunes you don't want to get in trouble with itunes none of us want to be in that position all i'm saying is maybe you slip a little soap in the mouth you know you give that a suck or two <laughs> wow. you clean up the language you oh, let man. people 
come to the show, enjoy it without the risk. I still don't say this has to do with us, uh, though. Kids hearing words and phrases and sexual positions that maybe they never heard before, (laughs) and they're taking that back to school, and we're getting letters from the teacher, all that stuff. Like, we don't want any of that. So, um, thanks for all the work you do. It's a great show. People are listening. People are liking it. I think we can uh, we can bump those numbers up. Okay, that everybody okay. can learn to enjoy so cinema Passage between them and him um, in the same way. You know, in a way that brings people together as opposed to pulls them apart. And also, like I said, you're you're kind of setting a bad example for the rest of the shows on the network. Look at Hell Ming. Hell, they don't they barely use foul, foul language at all. It's a great show. It's doing huge numbers. It's gangbusters. I want you to be part of that family. Whoa. So uh, keep up the good work. By which I mean, uh, stop with the potty mouth, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. So, uh, thanks, guys. Ha- have a good night. Have a good show. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Not good. Oh, not good. Not good. Yeah, I feel like I just got thrown under a bus. But yeah. I mean, he's got a point, though. I mean, well, they are filthy. I mean, I mean, it's it, it, there's a there's a point where you you throw some expletives in, and then there's a point where you know it's all just. Yeah, there's nothing left. You toilet know? humor. I mean, you know, there's 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 being able to use it as an exclamation point versus toilet humor, which you know he's probably right. They kind of do that. So uh, uh, garbage but, people. But they don't have no point of coming on our show and and saying those things. And uh, yeah, that that's that's not cool. It's not cool, Court. Uh, yeah, Matt, well, Matt, that's that's not cool at all. Never did we say anything negative like that about you guys. So uh, I guess we're just gonna have to figure out some way to sell this. Uh, but yeah, this is this is not cool, not cool at all. Sorry, sorry, folks, that you're having to hear all this, but you can't help when 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 people just start trying to rub your your face in the mud, and uh, we're just not gonna let that happen. So, Welcome uh, to the octagon. Is all I gotta say. Well, uh, yeah, know, I'm, there's I'm no holes barred now. It's it's, uh, it's gonna have to get ugly. I'm afraid. So it's martial arts versus martial arts. Just uh, like no no retreat, no surrender. No retreat, I'm no surrender. So you know, nobody comes on our show and says things like that about us, man. That's not gonna happen. Be ready. Watch your back. Watch your back, psyops. Gorillas in their midst. Sorry, folks. Sorry, we went off on that rant. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Just. Uh, uh, keep your ears open because it's it's probably going to get pretty nasty. It's uh, it's about to go down. Yeah, if you like thunder, then stay tuned because we're bringing the thunder. That's right. We're out of here, folks. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Three words, one repeated twice, make up a philosophy of dealing with your demons. Organized crime? No retreat, no surrender. The Russian? No retreat, no surrender. Physical boundaries? No retreat, no surrender. Foul mouth podcasts sending you tirades while you're just trying to make a good show? Unsolicited emails from somebody with beef against Bo and not you? Yeah, they're gonna come. Well, you just gotta, you gotta stand your damn ground. No retreat, no surrender. You hear me, court? I'll be waiting. Oh, I'll be waiting. Members of the audience will receive the following. Classic Curves by Dittos. The Pants for Feel Good Company. 
a gift certificate from Maruchan Ramen Noodles, Rice-A-Roni. All guests receive a copy of the El Ming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Hell Bing is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hell Bing is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.